Hey everyone, Carter Todd here. Here's another installment of Out of the Hourglass presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Enjoy the show! Alrighty, welcome back to another podcast. Uh, we are joined today by the one and only Brian Nolan. Brian, welcome. Hey CT, how are you today? I'm excellent. Um, we uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit about our... So our, all of our retreats from the fall are now completed, and now that we've got a little perspective and a little time away from it, we're talking about our Finish Strong retreat Yeah, man. that we had here in Philadelphia uh, a few weeks back. So um, if you wouldn't mind just starting off telling us a little bit about uh, what inspired the Finish Strong retreat and, and how you got started with that. Yeah, good, good. This um, was inspired by uh, the book uh, Finish Big, actually, and recommended to me by Michael Traub, uh Northern Lights Painting. Um, and it, it occurred to him and me that many of us are uh, getting up into our 50s and some early 60s, and a lot of people aren't even thinking about finishing. Uh, sometimes I think people avoid even this, uh, this topic um, because it's, it's very foggy. Um, but I'll tell you, my accountant said to me when I started Nolan Consulting Group, he said, so what's your extra plan? And I said, what? My extra plan? He's like, yeah, you shouldn't start a business without having an extra plan. Um, so the concept around this podcast is that every business owner really should understand the ultimate strategic intent of their business. And we were fortunate enough to take about 14 businesses of guys uh, who are really in their last, I'll say, uh, decade of their business. And, you know, you got a choice. You can wind it down uh, or you can wind it up. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're in in the fourth quarter. Uh, You can make it finishing strong. And so that became the theme and ended up being, I think, my favorite workshop of all, uh, because it was a lot of material we hadn't hit before. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, it was the only retreat that I personally attended, but I thought it was so great. And uh, to see myself as someone who is basically starting their career now as and uh, uh, watching people prepare to uh, get to the next step of their life, what's going to happen after their professional career, what they're going to do yeah. next, um, was very interesting for me to see. It definitely had an impact on me. Um, so you decided to do this now because it's something that you feel like you personally relate to or because it's something that you see a lot of Summit members? Yeah, so, well, both, you know, uh, I'll share my story here shortly. Um, last year I, I worked on my plan, um, uh, but then a lot of my conversations, uh, people that I coach, uh, it's starting to creep in and, um, uh, what are they going to do, you know, um. And so it, it seemed to be, I mean, I mean literally, I, I've been doing this now going on 16 years. Um, I've had a lot of the same clients. And so these guys now have built very valuable businesses. So it's time to start to think about really the next phase. And I'll say this, a lot of people don't address this because it's a fear. They're, they're so tied to their business. They become their business, me included. Uh, that they can't imagine not doing that. And so it, it's time to start to even think about your next phase. So to be clear here, this is not about finishing. It, um, it's really about transitioning and to say, 
what do I want to do with the, with the next phase of my life? And how am I going to treat my business? So that sounds like a pretty big question that you have to answer. And, and it seems like a tall task. But so when, you, when you're faced with that, where do you start? Where do you say, how do you, you know, on day one of when, the day you decide you're going to start succession planning, where does that? Right. So that's what happened, right? So all, all, these, all these, these business owners that came in were really just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's, there's four phases, exploratory, strategic, execution, and transition. All these people were uh, in this, the exploratory, moving into the strategic, which is learning to view your company as a product itself. Um, so we started with uh, a questionnaire that we gave them. It's pre-work, uh, which is, What's most important to you in planning succession? Um, they had to rank these from one to 10. I have enough money to retire. I sell it for the maximum amount possible. I pass it on to my family, or I pass it on to key employees, or I have something to do afterwards. I find a new passion. Or it's important that I stay involved still at some level, or I leave a legacy behind that will continue on generations upon generations. So that's where, that's where you get started is to knowing what you really want. Okay. And so, you know, and this is something that we, you know, you mentioned earlier that these people are all, uh, beginning the stage of transitioning and they're, they're starting about, they're starting to think about it, but that doesn't mean that they're the only ones that should be starting to think about these questions. Yeah. I mean, actually there was, there was one gentleman there uh, who was in his early 40s, and he just wants to do something else in five years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so view this, view your business as a product. Right. Yeah. Right. So in terms of uh, the rubber hitting the road, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, the idea of getting used to transitioning your business, but maybe uh, a specific exa- uh, specifics exactly. Um, and, and how you plan that out. So one of the most impactful uh, for me to see, and I think for a lot of the, the people that attended, was when we talked about crisis planning. Mm. Um, there were, you know, it, it's actually a pretty emotional subject that we covered uh, during that session. Uh, so can you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, so that, that's when it really gets serious. So we, we actually turned off, off all the lights in the room and said, just like that, your business ends. What's going to happen to your employees? Are they going to get paid this week? Who's going to lead the company? Where are all your passwords? Um, uh, who's going to run it? Who's, what, what's the management team? So uh, we gave s- several examples of a crisis plan. Uh, I challenged my group, we broke up into four groups, to write a crisis letter, something that I did a year ago, a crisis letter that here's what I'd like to see happen upon my death in my business. Um, and um, everybody listening to this podcast uh, should write a note to themselves to write a crisis letter. Um, the name of your attorney, the name of, of your accountant, the location of documents, passwords, the principles you want to see practice, um, key roles that you'd like to see established, uh, key indicators you need the business to monitor. Because... Um, for me, I, I don't want to just leave the business to my wife until since she's leading this business and it's chaos. She doesn't know about my business. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of business owners are going to end up leaving a business to their wife if something tragic happens. So that's where it started. That's where it starts if it gets bad. But now let's back up years before this untimely death. 
So how am I going to do this? Am I going to am I going to pass it on to my family? Am I going to sell it to an employee? Am I going to sell it to an outside buyer? Am I going to cash flow it and not quite leave, but I'm going to ha- put put someone else in charge as a CEO and I'm going to become an owner and uh, I still make money on it? Or am I going to close my shop and just sort of dwindle it down and say I'm going out of business? All these are options. I put a picture up of a hallway and I it was a cold hallway. I call the hallway of indecision. It's a cold, dark place. Doors open, doors close. The trick is... Stay out of the hallway. Giddy up. <laughs> pick a door. Uh, the, the, the cold hallway of indecision is where people have, have this uh, fogginess. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm never operating effectively when I'm in the hallway. And then we, so we, we hit those options. Uh, we talked about an asset sale versus a stock sale. All these are good. If, if you're buying a company, you want, you want to buy their assets. You don't want to buy the whole company because you don't know what liabilities they have that are could right. creep up later. Um, we, got and, a, we got an interesting example of something like that from Chuck Winkles, uh, yes. a member who had bought a business on, with someone who was on their way out. Uh, how, I don't know how many years ago it was. About, about three or four. Yeah. Okay. And you want to just briefly touch on that? Yeah, well, we, we, um, the guy wanted Chuck to buy his business for $1 million. It was a restoration business. Uh, so I got, I got involved in a due diligence. And um, anyway, he ended up buying it for $30,000. And he yeah. bought the assets. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a very thorough process um, because the guy selling it clearly hadn't done a lot of the things we're talking about here. He mm-hmm. hadn't understood how to create value in the business. Right, right. So how do you create value, Brian? Exactly. So how do we avoid uh, offering our business for a million dollars and ending up selling it for 30 grand? <laughs> That's a good point. Well, you know, um, we're lucky here. Um, Andrew Amrine just got his CVA certification, a certified valuation analyst. He went through about a year of training and took a five-hour exam. He's our financial geek. Um, so that uh, helped us to understand the value. And really, there's, there's several components of value in your business. Um, uh, most of these businesses sell for a multiple of cash flow. Um, n- another means is uh, EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, and, and amortization. I'm sorry, interest taxes, uh, depreciation, and, and amortization. Um, and the multiple uh, is really determined by how many systems you have in place. Like, is someone willing to buy something uh, that is essentially turnkey, or is it, is it not? Um, and so we go through, we had everybody in our conference go down this list and rank on a, on a scoring of um, one to five, I'm sorry, zero to a five, whether or not they had certain things in place, whether or not um, the owner is selling more than 25% of the uh, sales, that's bad. Um, how many organizational positions are in place? The more you have, likely the higher the multiple. Um, the financial uh, KPIs, um, things like um, operation manuals, uh, market share, um, 
CRM in place, uh, crew leader manuals, um, hiring and onboarding procedures, um, uh, scheduling processes. So you, you rank, you, you score and then you wait and then you come up with this range that gives you uh, the multiplier of your cash flow, which is essentially, um, it's your profit, but you've got to add back into profit um, some of the owner's discretionary spending, some of the things you spend on that um, is not necessarily related to the operations of the business. Uh, but you minus out, like if you have, if you're not, if you're not paying the owner enough, you have to, you have to minus that out of your, your uh, profits. So the rubber hit the road when we looked at everybody had their own spreadsheets. We had laptops everywhere. We gave them a value and we said, all right, it's worth this. If you want it to be worth this, then these are the systems you need to put in place. So just a, uh, something to think about, um, uh, bef- maybe even before you uh, start marking down on the piece of paper and, and valuing your business on this chart is how much of my business would, how much of my business would be affected if I didn't show up tomorrow? Mm, if I didn't walk in, very good. if I didn't walk in the building tomorrow morning, how, how efficiently could we operate? 50%? West, maybe more. Maybe it's maybe you'll run it eighty-five percent without you walking in on a given day. That that is the ultimate test. Um, I think of Kevin Nolan, and I know that you know his 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 asset now or his key role is really emotional leadership. Um, it's making sure the vision is, is there, uh, making sure uh, the passion and culture is there. But he's not involved in. In day to day, I think of Steve Talkington. He's done the same thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if he's gone for a month or two, it's going to start going downhill. Um, but that's when the next leader pops in, right? Um, so in terms of uh, what you're doing, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, you know, you spend a lot of time helping other people out uh, and and recommending things. But what about what you feel like you're comfortable implementing at this point, or maybe even uh, what Kevin's been comfortable implementing at uh, Nolan Painting. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with Kevin. Um, and both of us have something in common that we're going to pass the business off to our kids. We're, we're, we're lucky enough to have our kids in our business, and um, uh, it's just been so much fun to uh, see that. I know with Kevin, uh, it, he's like all of a sudden, he's got three kids in, in the business, and he's having a lot of fun. Um, so he is, he is now forming um, a outside board of directors to help with this transition. I know Kevin's plan is when he's 65 and he just turned 60 to have uh, another CEO take place. Uh, he will still be chairman of the board. Uh, he'll move his offices, uh, but someone else will become the CEO. That's a big deal. That's in five years. He's picked a date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you uh, know how long ago he picked that date? Uh, he... Probably uh, two years ago, he picked that date. Okay. I think that's about right. Yeah. So he's actually forming an outside board. He's going to pay them money. Uh, part of the board is going to be people who have transitioned before companies, so they know what they're doing. Um, and uh, I'm doing uh, something a little different because our businesses are different. Uh, I just did a pathway to shareholdership uh, for Colin, uh, um, but I also have executives here that I need to take care of. 
So I have Andrew and Catherine, who without them, Nolan Consulting wouldn't be what it is now. Uh, they're part of, part of the management team. I think they care about the business as much as I do. So I'm setting aside um, uh, equity for those two mm-hmm. as well, so mm-hmm. that when I do give stock over to my family, uh, they will get a comparable a value. Um, I feel really good about that. They know about that. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've put all those th- things in place with the help of a family business coach mm-hmm. last year, and it's pretty awesome. So, so it's important to kind of, you know, if you're, if you're sitting here and you feel far away from selling your business, it's still, or, or passing your business on, uh, it's still important to consider what this is going to look like so that when you feel like it's time to sell it, that's not where all of you, you know, you can still, you can gradually, it's a, it's a, it's a long-term plan. You don't want to spend the next 10 years being totally active in your business and then spend eight months solely focused on how am I going to get out? That's right. In, in uh, Finish Big, the book, um, Bo talks about seven years. You need to start seven years before you want to exit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, really start the whole process. Because right. um, I, I kind of akin it to like if I have a little flashlight, like a pen light, and a lot of companies are going one year at a time. What should I add next? What's next? I want to put a spotlight on the end game. Right. And a spotlight means um, what organization, what positions I'm going to fill. Um, when am I going to fill them? Um, what systems am I going to put in place over this elongated period of time? Uh, I want to take the unknowns out of the picture. And, you know, it can change. It can change in a year or two. Um, but I want to be more deliberate about this, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so after the two-day event, uh, you know, there was a ton of information, tons of idea sharing and breaking off into groups. But at the end of the, at the end of the couple of days, um, where did we, where'd you leave everybody? How did, how did, where did everybody seem to be standing as they walked out and got, went back every, to the airport? Everybody came in really scared and, and in fact, skeptical. Like, why am I in this group? Why am I in the finish strong? Why am I in the going out to pasture group? And everybody left with, I should have done this sooner. And uh, the coaching calls that I've had with those people since have been more engaging um, because it, it feels more real and they got a good grip on the steering wheel of where they want to ultimately go. And I think this concept of finding the next passion in your life is vital uh, to being able to let go of the reins here. Um, but your role as leaders is, it, whether you sell it or not, it, your role as a leader is to develop the people under you to lead. And you know, we use the hourglass, is to get out of the hourglass and grow a team. And ultimately, you, if you don't want to s- sell your business, you still want to build it so that you could. Mm-hmm. And that it could run without you. Yes. Uh, I.e. crisis planning, as we mentioned Absolutely. earlier. Absolutely. Well done. Well, Brian, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, this was great. I uh, appreciate your time very much. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with um, Andrew now has the ability to do um, what I'll say industry-recognized valuations. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to value where your business is now, 
and then get an idea if you put things in place where it would be. Um, we are incorporating a lot of this into the annual planning processes, which is well underway. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and we will be back with another new one next week. Uh, Chuck Winkles will be coming on to discuss his uh, succession planning and how he implemented a fantastic succession plan that passed on to his son, Noah. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.